It's one of those songs that I find myself singing all year round. <laughs> Part of it is just the melody. It's just, I love the melody. There's something about it, the lilting, the madrigal uh, type of song. It's, you know, I think we could put it in at least the original, because there are a couple of different versions, but I think the original we could put into that. Kate Bush goes Elizabethan. Yeah, I just think there's just something really haunting and uh, magical and delightful about it. Um, what I, I like about it too is that it touches on a side of Christmas that I don't think like a lot of people in the United States um, pick up on, which is the kind of the mystery of Christmas. Welcome to Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I am Cecily Link, and this week we're going to be talking about the standalone single, December Will Be Magic Again. And with me to talk about the song this week, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hello. Hi, Cecily. This is uh, Keith DeWeese, and I've talked to you before, and mm -hmm. um, I'm that giddy guy who gets especially <laughs> giddy when he talks about Kate Bush, so I'll leave it at that. Um, we can just start talking about this song, which is just so magical. Yeah, you when when we started talking, I guess this would have been about this time last year. I think I'm not sure. I can't quite remember. Um, you had said that this was one of your favorite songs, and that you especially wanted to talk about it. So, what about December will be magic again? Makes it one of your favorite Kate Bush songs? Yeah, it's um, it definitely is. It's one of those songs that I find myself singing all year round. <laughs> 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 and uh, I just think um, part of it is just the melody. It's just I love the melody. There's something about mm -hmm. it, the lilting, the madrigal, madrigal uh, type of song. It's, you know, I think we could put it in at least the original because there are a couple of different versions. But I think the original yeah. we could put into that Kate Bush goes Elizabethan kind of um, mode. And... Um, yeah, I just think there's just something really haunting and uh, magical and delightful about it. Um, what I, I like about it, too, is that it touches on a side of Christmas that I don't think like a lot of people in the United States um, pick up on, which is the kind of the mystery of Christmas and mm. the... Uh, now, she doesn't say anywhere in it about the um, 
you know, the, the, tr the British tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve, but she does refer to lighting up the candles and conjuring Oscar Wilde um, and all of that. So it's just, to me, again, it's one of those very magical songs or mysterious songs. And what I do like, too, is I think in the original version, um, well, and I should, should clarify, not the bongo version, but yeah. the original, the official release. I, I love the, the backing vocals in that. And there's a part mm -hmm. in it where they get so intense. There's just this intensity to them that uh, it, it has a dark quality to it. It's like, mm -hmm. ooh, you know, just something I don't typically associate with Santa Claus and elves and stuff like that. But yeah. you can definitely, it's almost <laughs> like maybe there might be goblins in the mix singing. Um, and I like that. So to me, it's um, beautiful. And I think I've been thinking about it recently in terms of, uh, well, there's, this is going to sound kind of maybe a bit crazy, but there's that Andy Williams song, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. And mm -hmm. I always feel like it's her version of that. And ah. I lo have always loved that song. And one of the, until I learned some years ago about the British tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve, or, or telling stories, let's just say stories, I was always taken by the fact that in that song, that Andy Williams song, he sings, there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. And mm. I feel like, it's like never really understood that until I started getting into Cape Bush and then uh, learning more about the telling of ghost stories um, for Christmas. And again, oh. it, um, you know, it just, it all ties together. So I feel kind of like in the more, um, you know, she's kind of, going through the, the delights of December and the Christmas season, just like um, in the most wonderful time of the year also. Now it's interesting because I really do, I like the official version um, with mm -hmm. the, the backing vocals. She does a really lovely version on her live television special. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not my favorite, though, for some reason. Beautiful, it's lovely, but I like 
the embellishments in the official and i do too thank you i'm glad you do too that version these yeah the original version was uh actually was recorded in 1979 and yet it wasn't even released as a single until almost a year later which i find interesting um i guess they wanted to wait on it a while or something um but it was uh, the, the version that has all the extra instrumentation. It went to number 29 in the UK, number 13 in Ireland, and number 55 in Germany. So it was a top 40 hit in the UK and certainly top 20 in, in Ireland and well, kind of in Germany. But um, I'd be interested to, to hear this mixed in personally with some of the other Christmas songs that we always get here in Southern Virginia when, you know, at midnight on Thanksgiving, they immediately switch over to Christmas stuff and I get so sick of the same ones. I hear you. Yes. Wouldn't it be just so nice to go into a Target and hear the song? <laughs> yes, it would be. And I agree with you. Like the, the, what strikes me about this song is just that it's, it's kind of more of a general seasonal song. It's not necessarily a quote-unquote Christmas song. This is more about the mystery of the holiday season and and having snow falling and people laughing and just snow falling. And I know at least here in Southern Virginia, nobody wants it to snow again this year, year but <laughs> who knows what happens. <laughs> That's what will happen. We got like a foot of snow last year and everybody just freaks out in Southern Virginia because we don't know how to deal with it, even though I'm from the north. And like, yes, I know how to deal with this. And my husband's from even further north. He knows how to deal with it more than I do. It's like, it's all right, people. We'll survive this. Yeah. <laughs> everybody like, calm down. <laughs> anytime there's a snowstorm or a hurricane, you try to go out to get food or something and suddenly all the water's gone, all the bread's gone. It's like, oh my God. But I've, but I find it interesting that, I mean, this was kind of a standalone single, and I love the B-side. I especially wanted to kind of point out that the B-side, I'm going to get to talk about that next week with uh, with Zoe, and that is one of my, not top 10 Kate songs, but it's definitely very underrated, I think, um, Warm and Soothing. Oh, I love Warm and Soothing. Oh, my gosh. Warm and Soothing is just so... <sighs> I... Yeah, I can't wait to hear your, your conversation about that because to me it's... Um, now, I have a theory. I'll tell you a little theory that I have. What's that? Because she says... I'm interested in theories. I like theories. Good. Because <laughs> um, she says, uh, you know, our holiday in the Alps and in that song, you know, warm and soothing. I forget how the, all the lines go at the moment. Oh, that's how I remember home. Walking into arms at the back door, hearing voices I know well and long for. Yes. Oh, and that's, isn't that Kate all about in her family? I mean, that just, that's just so genuine and so honest. And uh, then she has the, the lyrics about warm and soothing, our holiday in the Alps. Um, I forget how that part goes. Oh, sitting in the lobby, mostly smoking, choking on the woozy afternoon. Yes. And I really... And it, it, I think the timing would be right, but you know, she did, 
Because we, we have to talk about the the bongo version of yes, <laughs> December World Magic so, again. Because, but real, yeah, I'm sorry. But real quick with the, uh, just real quick, and just other little uh, issues. So, yeah, this song was originally recorded in 1979. It was premiered during the Christmas special where it was a little bit more acoustic. I mean, it was her at the piano and she did have some of her guys in the band behind her. But it was, you know, a little bit more, not as much instrumentation as the official single version. But it wasn't even officially released till November 17th when it was issued as the follow-up to Army Dreamers because Army Dreamers was the last single from Never Forever. And then there's the famous bongo version, which I had a lot of trouble trying to find like, okay, when was this version recorded and why do we have different versions? And oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. And see, and that's thank you for putting that into context because... You know, she did that ABBA special, the ABBA Wintertime mm-hmm. special in 79. And we see, we can easily see that now. In fact, that was where I first saw her as a kid um, perform live, like perform on TV and singing WOW. But then when you look up the history of the bongo version, you learn that, oh, it was done for an ABBA special. And... It's, you know, the Christmas time or winter time, whatever the name is. Uh, the Christmas uh, Christmas Snow Time Special. Christmas Snow Time Special. And I don't know if that's the same as the winter Abba Winter Time Special. So I might be mixing things up in my memory. But, you know, that is obviously, you know, she's she's sitting by a silver tinselly Christmas tree and mm-hmm. doing her, her, um, her dance or her uh, movement. Um, to that bongo version but I've got this I know that the ABBA the one ABBA special was filmed in Switzerland and Mm -hmm. in Lausanne and I've always thought like aha she in warm and soothing she's referring to her time there you know hanging out at the hotel and you know it's the afternoon and i mean of course this is just my imagination going wild but that whole business about you know our holiday in the alps um, just makes me think that maybe that came out of you know this this experience of being on the abba show in switzerland Um, Mm. so just something to think about but uh, because that's what kate does she makes you think that she does, and that's part of why we love her, man. Hell yeah! <laughs> but the bongo version, I actually love the bongo version. Um, like after, in order of preference, it's the original release, then the bongo version, and then the uh, Kate special at the piano. And I like the bongo version. It is very, it's odd, and it's kind of like you, you're like, huh, what? But what I like about it again is there's that this strong um, kind of like ancient male sounding, you know, backing vocals or the, the, oh, 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 mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that I just always find so intriguing about some of her music. And then the fact that there's actually a video where you get to see her performing that song. And I think that's what really mm-hmm. makes it. It's more the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to laugh and say, you know, when between Babushka and that song, it's like, how many inanimate objects does Kate Bush make love to? 
sitting in that chair and doing it, but it's just beautiful. I love it. And I, you, know, you used to be able to see that video on YouTube fairly easily, but I think now you have to go to Vimeo uh, to see it. It's at least there. Um, so, you know, if one hasn't checked it out, it's, it's good to watch because she's really just uh, really moving in such a unique way and um, really putting her passion into the song. So. Yeah, and she's kind of dressed. She and she's kind of dressed like almost like in her pajamas. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And she's kind of looks like a kid at Christmas or something, and she's just kind of like, "Oh, I'm in here, and yay, Christmas or the holiday season." You're, you've got it. She's she's having her fantasy moments with that with December and getting excited and pretending she's a. a you know, snowflake or something coming down in a parachute. It's it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I like that exuberance. I like seeing that imagination coming through in that performance. It's, uh, you know, um, one of my favorites of hers, actually. So, along with the song. Now I have to, I'm going to go off on a little, another little tangent here about the, <laughs> the actual single, because another thing that I think is so funny about the physical single is, are the psychedelic mushrooms growing out of yes. the saddle. <laughs> yes. Those little, lovely little mushrooms there. And, um, you know, at that time, I forget, was it... Um, the guy who did that cover, Nick, what, I forget his last name. Is it? Oh, Nick Price, mm -hmm, who did the cover for Never Forever. And it has totally this Never Forever, like, whimsical kind of look to it. Yes, fits right in, doesn't it? It's mm -hmm. Even though it's not on Never Forever, you know it's part of that, uh, that Cape Bush era of, of songs and putting herself in different, um, you know, pr uh, working at songs, taking on different persona, different um, perspectives, and so on. And I, But I do, that's just one little thing I always thought was so funny was, it took me years, I, I had that single. It was actually one of the very first Kate Bush singles I ever bought back when, in the day. And I just happened, I was, um, went to started college in Michigan and was mm -hmm. um, in an Ann Arbor record store. And the only thing they had in their bins by Kate Bush as far as singles, um, and rightfully it was, they had Army Dreamers, Babushka, and December Will Be Magic Again, and I bought all three. And I used to just stare at that little crazy cover of December and think it was it was amusing and 
you know, I didn't know though for years until years later, um, probably until I did mushrooms or something, <laughs> that that's what they were. So uh, I just thought I was like, oh, that's odd. Why are mushrooms growing out of the saddle of this? Uh, you know, uh, or is it is it the saddle or the seat? Yeah, it's it's the seat of the reindeer. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. How did I never notice that? <laughs> I'm learning something here. <laughs> because you're, you know, not, you haven't done much. It's prob that's probably why. Like, I don't know. My big thing is I'll, I drink too, probably drink too much caffeine. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, it's a very funny little detail. So, um, <laughs> yes, if, if one can ever check out that cover, <laughs> there are mushrooms there. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure from what I've heard about Kate Bush, she was familiar with them and probably approved of them being on the cover of that which i think again takes it all into another like you go you don't want to read in of course too much but this is a total fantasy song it's a total let's trip on december and all the wonderful things about it Yeah, I just think, you know, in the end, I don't think there's a lot to analyze in it um, or over, let's say overanalyze because we know we can do that. But there's there's just that, um, again, the mystery of that song that really makes it special to me. And, you know, again, like I say, I just, I often, when I'm doing housework or out in the garden doing the lawn or something I do I really do I'm always catching myself just the melody is so um, resonant uh, for me in the fore of my brain um, that you know the words could be anything it's just the the overall the, the song the melody the structure and everything that really and again mm -hmm. going back to um, the official version just the the embellishments i just i love hearing the uh you can hear this the sleigh bells in it mm -hmm. and ringing and i think that's lovely so yeah i i think it's beautiful and i think it also goes back to one of the things i've always thought was so funny about it or not just funny um odd is this she's dropping down in her parachute and it kind of goes back to that image uh, as we talked one time before about oh england my lion heart and the pie mm. you know the pilot being in his plane and um i've always thought like what is she dropping from is it that plane is it you know is she dropping from something else uh the sleigh santa claus's sleigh and i think that's kind of on the cover of the the old single for this song you see the uh the lion dressed kind of like Father Christmas in the, in the sleigh. Uh, maybe that's what it is. I, I wasn't sure, mm. but I've always thought that was very interesting that she's dropping down from something and somewhere in a parachute. And she has the uh, advantage uh, by doing that of seeing all this beautiful white uh, snow covering everything. 
Uh, Cecily, what I love about talking about these songs with you is that I mm -hmm. always start thinking, <laughs> I, I say I'm not going to overanalyze, and then I start overanalyzing, because yeah. <laughs> it never <laughs> struck me like this before, but now it's suddenly just because of that one line, you know, and like, that I want to do this for your entertainment, and um, you know, let, mm. let's, let's, let's be in this together. You know, it's not quite as like a detached song as one might think, um, just an observational song um, from this perspective of a, maybe a snowflake or a person in a parachute, but there is more of a interaction going on somehow in the song with someone. So. so when I think of the parachute line, I think of kite and that the person coming down, the person in kite that, you know, come on up and be a kite and that person coming down and they're, they're, they're watching, they're watching the world become all pretty white with snow and magic and December. That, that's what it makes me think of. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. Well, you know. I think we have to admit that. She's got so many songs that, that have imagery about flying. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. I think Kate, you know, they, I used to, I, I get irritated sometimes when people, critics, uh, some of my friends refer to her as Airy Fairy. Because um, mm -hmm. I always have thought of that as a pejorative kind of uh, assessment. But it also works, too. There is that, you know... That there is that flying quality. Um, I'll tell you a funny little story. Back in early 80s, they used to put out these pop music annuals that you could go to like to a Walden Books and um, other, you know, Noble Book. Uh, what, what was it? Barnes and Noble. Oh, uh, maybe like B. Dalton. Yes, places like borders. that. <clears throat> and they'd be on like the cheap tables, you know, and there'd always be like the year in British rock and you'd open it up. And I used to get so crazy because I would, I was listening to so many different artists at that time who were British, but never able to see them, you know, like they weren't really touring in the United States a lot, or they weren't, their videos weren't being shown in the late seventies or early eighties a lot. And of course, Kate Bush was one of these people. And I'll never forget how they, they, had one of these annuals so it must have been in 1980 and it was looking back at 1979 and they had like about three pages of excuse me photos of Kate Bush in concert and so they were you know there were pictures of her being held aloft you know singing kite now of course I had no idea I would just like this was so detached from my experience of her like I had no idea what song she was singing in these pictures and stuff. But I do remember that one of the captions said something about a special harness had been made for Kate so that she could sing with her hands free. And I don't know if the word microphone was in that um, paragraph or that, that caption, but I remember harness very well because I thought, oh my gosh, they must have had her hanging on wires during that concert, you know, because in a lot of the pictures, it kind of looked like she was, you know, they were these low angle pictures of her singing wow and stuff. And I thought, oh my gosh, I wish I could have seen this concert because 
she must have been flying all over the stage, you know, a la like a production of Peter Pan or something. And to be honest, I'm glad <laughs> when I finally did see the Hammersmith Odium, I'm glad she she wasn't <laughs> flying. That would have been, that would have been really hokey. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the time, I just thought it made so much sense that you know she would be in a harness and singing a lot of these songs. And going back to talking about her flying and her being in this, I think, elevated position, it just does seem. Um, that in her a lot of her early work now of course she goes back to it I mean Ariel is just full of especially you know a sky of honey um, mm-hmm. being up with the birds and then of course 50 words for snow um, the, some of the songs on there so um, I do think she she has her head in the clouds a bit but I think that's just a wonderful place to be anyway so that's certainly it really is. not a fault by any means and this one is definitely up there with the uh the the aerial type of cape bush songs the aerial view the the flying and just uh seeing the beauty of the world and especially at one time one particular time of year yeah Yeah. when when she's always like, I mean, she's always kind of an observer, so it doesn't surprise me that there's kind of lots of imagery about in her songs, especially in this one, dropping down in my parachute, that you're you're just observing. You're all you are is just an observer, and you're commenting on what's going on. Have you ever heard or read the story about her mother's fainting spell? No. no. Okay, and I think this really struck her because. Her mother, and I don't know how old she was, she's really young, and I'm sure if we could look this up in Gotha Web or something about this story, but her mother had a fainting spell one day in the bedroom, and Kate you know, came upon her, and when her mother came out of it, she described how she had been hovering around like on the ceiling. And that's what her mother remembered, and that's what her mother had communicated to her. And I just remembered it. And I, you know, I, maybe I'm embellishing some of this story, but I don't think I am too much. And I remember Kate saying that that always struck her that she was outside her body looking down at herself mm. um, during that experience. And I don't know if it, you know, I can't remember if Kate said it startled her, scared her. Um, what, but it does, I know it impacted her in a certain way, and perhaps a lot of these songs are trying to have that kind of experience mm. without fainting, <laughs> and, um, yes. you know, without going through that kind <laughs> of situation, and uh, I'll have to look that up, um, but I know it's out there, that story, and uh, it kind of makes me think that it it ties and I feel like you know sometimes they've got to stop psychoanalyzing Kate Bush um, but <laughs> again it's part of the joy of her lyrics and her world is um, now what's also I find interesting is she kind of goes into that come to cover the lovers mm-hmm. and like she suddenly becomes the snow which kind of takes me to Uh, Snowflake and the song on 50 Words from Snow where she eventually did you know take the perspective of 
a snowflake coming down and uh maybe it took her a while to get there from 1980 when the song came out to uh to 50 words for snow but uh she she eventually (laughs) became a snowflake and uh i love our girl man always looking for unconventional points of view exactly yeah yeah and so um again you know we've talked before about themes that Kate toys with and you know everything from being in a precarious situation or either in a plane that's going down or a boat that's sunk and floating in the water and this kind of hints a little bit at some of that but it doesn't go that far and it also is these motifs that she she definitely had going on way back when and then maybe you know years later explored more fully like in 50 words for snow but yeah and i do i the lyrics i just think are really lovely some of them are a little clunky there are some clunky lyrics Mm. in here like the cover the muck up (laughs) oh (laughs) (laughs) but it's uh, i'll let her have that you know and uh because um so much of the rest of it is, is so lovely. And I really, the mm-hmm. lighting the candlelights to conjure Mr. Wilde into the silent night. Ooh, it's quiet inside here in mm-hmm. Oscar's mind. It's just so, oh, it just gives me chills. And um, I do recall that, I think it might be, and you might be familiar with this, she, um, or she recalls how her mother would tell Kate and her brothers Oscar Wilde's fairy tales at Christmas um, before they went to bed. And I think that's just such a personal touch. There's such a, you know, there's... That's such such a personal detail in this song that she's referring to, is Oscar Wilde and his fairy tales. So, I did not know that. That explains why she would go for a reference to Oscar Wilde then, because that that line, those lines, had always kind of puzzled me a little bit. I just went, oh, maybe it's just one of her favorite authors, and so that's why she put it in. Right, right. Yeah, and one would think, too, you know, it's just uh, a, one more among many literary references. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has a very personal uh, connection um, for her. So um, at least that's that's my take from it. Yeah, and it's got really neat imagery in it, like take a husky to the ice. Make, uh, makes me think of dog sledding, which is totally something I've never done because I live way too far south for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard about it. Um, or when or when Bing Crosby sings White Christmas, he makes you feel nice, feel nice, which is true. I hear that voice coming through the radio when I'm working retail or something, and I actually don't get sick of it too much. Like that and um, any of the Charlie Brown Christmas stuff, I never, ever get tired of. Now, I will get sick of Mariah Carey doing her whistle, I need to show off every freaking note of my vocal range for a holy night, but... I hear you. Yes, and I, I agree. I think, 
I tend to be a bit of a traditionalist with when it comes to the carols, and I do. I, I maybe this just says I tend to like darker carols. Um, Me too. I, yeah, I, I like the little more maybe obscure or um, just not the the most popular radio friendly ones. Um, and this this ties into that. I think it has elements of that definitely, which is probably why. You know, it just doesn't make it onto Target's rotation. <laughs> oh, and it also, you know. like, the structure of it is, I find it as something that I find intriguing because it, rather than putting the title in the chorus, instead, it's the first thing at the beginning of each verse. And the chorus is something completely different, you know, that come to cover the levers, but don't you wake them up part. So I find that really interesting. And I think... That maybe another reason that this doesn't get onto target playlists of like best of Christmas time kind of things is maybe that it's not as instantly catchy, I suppose, as say something like Silver Bells or It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. And it's it kind of like goes all over the place in terms of the chord structure, too, which I I find really cool, but I know not everybody likes because they want to have something like predictable four chord thing. Yeah, but that's just me. Yeah, I hear you. No, I agree. I totally agree. It's it is it's it's complex. It's more complex, mm -hmm. I think, in a lot of ways with the its structure than its actual lyrics. Um, yeah. yeah, which is a little bit. You know, a lot of times Kate is. Uh, She's complex in both. This has its complexity in the lyrics, but it definitely is the the song itself, the music that uh, really has the trickiness to it that I love also, you know. And mm -hmm. and I just noticed something. One thing too, I was I love old Saint Nicholas. I love her using the term Saint oh. Nicholas rather than mm -hmm. I mean she could have said old Saint or old Santa Claus up the chimney, um, or old Father Christmas or something like that. But it's interesting, the St. Nicholas um, use of that. And, uh, you know, maybe, and actually, now that I think about it, it's the only time she refers to Christmas is in the context of the Bing Crosby song, The White Christmas, and mm -hmm. the whole thing. It's almost as if she might have been really trying to not avoid it, but you kind of referenced this earlier. Um, you know, it's about the season, and it's the season is more than just Christmas. It's Yule. It's got pagan, um, you know, elements. It's got ghost stories, and uh, you know, it has that mystery that we don't want to let go of. Don't let the mystery go now. Yeah, and it also like her referencing mistletoe because that's a total. That's totally an old. Uh old tradition there totally yes exactly and you know when you start thinking about it i mean i think that's another thing that i just find so um <laughs> it's actually i won't say it's depressing that's too strong a word but we are just so into the the holly jolly you know you know <laughs> yeah which is the song i actually do like but um <laughs> It's just like our music, like when you mentioned Mariah Carey, you know, it's just like the 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 path that they put out uh, at, 
in December or after Thanksgiving that is just so, you know, about gifts and, you know, what's the what's that one that I just hate? Oh, God, the Christmas shoes. You mean like that? I don't know if the, is it the Christmas? What's the one that's about, um, oh, it's, I blocked it out, but there are just so many popular ones and you hear them constantly and mm-hmm. they're all about, you know, being in love at Christmas and walking hand in hand in Christmas and, you know, all of that, which mm-hmm. I just can't, um, can't deal with. And, uh, this, um, as, you know, we know with Kate, she just, she's, she's not a June moon spoon kind of person. And it definitely doesn't, that doesn't happen anywhere in this, you know, it's not, um, it's not the rhymes and it's not the love and all of that. It's something else about, uh, experiencing this season that is really, um, you know, it's, it's also, and in that first verse, uh, just, just a popping up in my memory. It's about nostalgia. Mm. It's about thinking back and not even so much about the present. It's, it's going back to another time, maybe in one's life, her life and, uh, thinking, um, and, you know, rightfully, I think you, you really hit it that, you know, she's in her pajamas <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's very childlike in, you know, her sitting by the Christmas tree with the presents doing the bongo version video. And I think that's what a lot of this is all about. And that mystery of childhood that she likes to revisit so often and mm-hmm. um, go back to. So. Yeah, I get a real sense of that in in the lyrics and I kind of think of like see how I fall like the snow like oh I'm falling into the season and just like letting myself be immersed in this kind of mysterious time of year that's very interesting I like that yeah the falling now one thing that I think I'm actually looking at the lyrics right now I just looked them up on google Me too, um, too. and what I find and I don't know who's you know, who put out this, this set of lyrics, but, um, 39, 36,900,000 people, I guess, have looked at this or something. But what I think is very interesting is when she says, see how I fall, then it's followed by a line that says in parentheses, fall in quotes with an exclamation point followed by, in brackets, the word backwards. Mm-hmm. See how I fall? Fall backwards. And I don't know. That. I wonder if that's, I'll have to really listen to it again, because I was trying to pick up that too. I think that might mean that in the background, there's the word fall, but it's played backwards. I'll have to go back and really, really listen to it, because I was wondering about that too. <gasps> Okay, thank you. Maybe that is it. Maybe she was already experimenting with backmasking here. Yeah, and just like how, um, you know, come to cover the lovers, and then there's parentheses, cover the lovers, because that's her, that's what her backing vocals are saying, you know, come to cover the lovers, cover the lovers, but don't you wake them up. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And that's that intensity that, that I was referring to, that's like, you know, you get into that, 
those backing vocals that get so intense. Mm -hmm. But now that you mention it, I wonder if that's what is being said there in um, a back masking kind of thing. I was just thinking mm -hmm. it kind of meant fall into the snow backwards. <laughs> you know, like do an angel and a snow angel. Oh, but now that you've mentioned... snow angel. Yes, exactly. Which wouldn't surprise me in the context yeah. of this song. I'm surprised she didn't mention snow angels in here. It would be so perfect. But I do, I do really love her voice in this song. It's, I can tell that this was kind of recorded in that like between stage of Lionheart and Never Forever because she's, she's swooping a lot, especially on the title line. I love how her voice just swoops in December. Like she just goes like jumps up octave. You're just like, how the hell does anybody do this? Holy crap. I know. And she hits you I, with it right away. Yeah. Or the way that for me, like being music nerd, I like that the, the most of the song up through the see how I fall, see how I fall. It's all in this kind of, I looked at the sheet music here, it's in C minor. So it sounds a little bit more thoughtful and more melancholy. I love C minor. And then when it goes, see how I fall like the snow, it gets switches up to C major. So it switches up to the major, but then of course it's still got some other real cool chords in there. And I love how the song suddenly switches. You're just kind of like, oh, wait, where'd this come from? Hey. Yes, yes. And um, again, I think the psychological impact of all of that, you know, it's just, it still amazes me so young and coming up with these, these struck, these very sophisticatedly structured songs. Um, now, you know, it would be surprising to me if this in some way reflects a song she grew up hearing. Uh, maybe an old, some old carol that I've never heard of, um, you know, and it kind of harkens back to something. Um, because again, I think she, she likes to, um, you know, she's definitely that, you know, English, uh, very English young woman mm -hmm. at this point who has had all of these influences um, and not just from her mother reading her Oscar Wilde stories, but also the songs that she's hearing from her brothers and so on and so forth. Or, and I'm not all that familiar with a lot of the, um, I know she was you know, raised Roman Catholic, but I'm sure she was very much exposed to more of the, you know, maybe the uh, Anglican church 
um, mm -hmm. carols and so on. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if this was in a sense, you know, a, a certain homage to, you know, a particular song or a couple of particular songs that she melded together. But then she's so original. I mean, she's, what I love about her is that she can make you think you're listening to something old and mm -hmm. ancient, but it's not. <laughs> it's totally yeah. original. It's totally hers. And, um... Now, there have been some really cool Christmas carols that have been in kind of a minor key, like kind of the first part of the song. Like you were mentioning earlier that a lot of your favorite carols tend to be the older ones that maybe sound a little bit sad. I know uh, one of Andrew's favorites is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Um, I tend to like a lot of the minor key ones as well. Um, oh, Come, Oh, Come, Emmanuel That's my favorite. one of my favorites. That's my favorite, right? I was thinking of that earlier uh, when I was saying that. I was going to mention Oh, Come, Oh, Come, Emmanuel. And I, then I thought, oh, I don't, I don't want to go down the, the Christian carol path but, too much. But. No, but it's like, but it's in a minor key. And that's part of why I like it, because it's a little bit more thoughtful. And actually, another one of my favorites, It's it's a very English song that... I almost, I don't think I've ever heard on the radio, probably because they would be offended with the fact that the imagery is so like, so Christian laden, but okay, that's what Christmas is, is um, the Holly and the Ivy. I absolutely love that one. You never hear that one in America, but oh, it's just got this like, it reminds me in a way of this song because it's got this like very old English feel to it. No, exactly. Yes, yes. And um, the, going back to what you were saying about how she has this minor, she's singing, did you say C sharp minor? Uh, uh, C minor. C, or C, just C minor, okay. Yeah, just, yeah, just C, minor. C minor. And then goes to major. Um, I, I think, that, I don't know, I, I wonder if that's like, okay, we've got to make this a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, accessible, yeah, yeah, for the season. But I think, you know, if she would have just stayed in the minor, I would have been happy with the song too. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe there's a little project there of editing Kate, some Kate Bush. I don't like to do that, but you know, maybe there's uh, some manipulation that can be done there. <laughs> this, um, it could be one day when I have nothing else to do and I've got Garage Band <laughs> open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's a it's a quirk, sweet, quirky little song. I, I wish that it got more airplay when Christmas comes around because I get so sick of Mariah Carey uh, saying all I want for Christmas is you and all that other stuff. It's just a little more thoughtful. It feels like there's a little bit more thought put into this than like, oh, yeah, I want to, you know, try and grab the go out and do a single just for christmas because that gets me money you know yeah no that's you know this is this you can definitely at least my take on it is that she just needed to get this out of her system in a way like in a good way and uh money wasn't um i'm sure there was some like come on kate you know it's that time of year you know from emi and all of that let's come up with something mm -hmm. and then she probably sat these executives down as she was wanting to do, and they heard it and was, okay, well, we'll go ahead. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> eyes are rolling. But um, one other thing I want to mention, too, is that there's, mm -hmm. there's this very interesting, like, how she's just kind of all into her own space for most of this song. 
But then this one very odd line is she says, kiss under mistletoe, I want to hear you laugh. Don't let the mystery go now. And I think that's very interesting that, you know, she's really this, um, this, this being singing from this perspective, but there's that one line. And I think that's it where she really like suddenly is singing as if she's singing to someone and engaging mm -hmm. someone, which I think is very, um, and maybe this whole thing is because then she says, Ooh, Oh, and see how I fall. Maybe the whole thing is just, I'm performing for you. This is a performance I'm doing for you and see mm. how I fall. And there's that one little glimpse that, you know, this is all being done for one particular person. There's a lovely little picture of her that, you know, I think many, you know, it's been in her brother's book um, and he took it where she's a little girl and she's kind of, in, she's in the backyard, she's bowed down, curtsying kind of, and her hands are kind of cupped on the grass and mm. her head is down. And it's kind of like the end of a performance that she's just done for whoever, her brother, her mother and father. And I kind of begin to think like, well, maybe that's what's mm. going on in this. There's, there, it really is more about, um, you know, uh, it, more about movement in a lot of ways, more about an actual performance. Um, mm. This is, you know, now I'm, a, now I'm a snowflake coming down and now I'm, you know, uh, going to spread myself over the, the city, the town with my snowy arms and all of that. Yeah, and this definitely conjures up a lot of... A lot of mystery about the holiday season and s snow kind of coming in to, to cover everything and make everything pretty so that you you forget about how, at least to me, to me at least with the cover of the muck up, it covering, the, you get the snow coming in to cover the city and the dirt and the grime and it's that, oh yay, pretty white city. Yes, yes. And I think it also has that. It does kind of evoke that Victorian um, mm -hmm. image of London, that sort of Dickensian um, view of, you know, the urchins in the street and the soot um, everywhere. It, it definitely with the soot. Yeah, yeah. Does she, I'm sorry, does she mention soot? Mm-hmm. Uh, open dropping down in my parachute, the white city, she's so beautiful upon the black soot, icicled roofs. Or sorry, roofs. The way she says roofs is so pretty. <laughs> she just throws it in there. And that's like like where I was saying you can kind of tell that this was like the halfway point between Lionheart and Never Forever. Because she still sounds all like pretty. I mean, not to say she never doesn't ever really sound pretty. But it sounds all high. Like she was singing on Lionheart. But then she's putting even more expression into this and oh i forgot to mention like at the very end um with the cover the cover the muck up or yeah come to cover the muck up she does this high thing she like she kind of screeches it and that screech there makes me think so much of something like rudy from the wedding list <laughs> You know, where she's just like, I am just going to scream out that high note. I don't care if I sound pretty. 
Forgot to mention that for like a favorite vocal moment. That's true. Yes, that's one of my favorites. She just goes way off there, doesn't she? And uh, yes, it is. She it's, does. A, it's a Rudy moment. I think that's what we should start calling those. She, she does a Rudy. <laughs> yes. Don't you wait for love? Yeah, and I think in that respect, too, you know, it's funny because Kate's, um, like when she does violin, and, you know, she's really violin, the wedding list, there is that, here we go, we're going to start pushing it, we're going to start going to the extremes, and, you know, uh, Powell, Andrew Powell, is as good as he, you know, as great as he was to work with, I'm getting more control and I'm not going to hold back mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, no, that's an, interesting because I forgot about that, the way she delivers that lyric too, which is um, just really fantastic. <laughs> and again, very scary. It's almost like suddenly you've got the, the you know, snow banshees are coming and uh, yes. you know, it's getting very dark. <laughs> I wish she would talk more about some of these older ones. Like, I wish I knew mm-hmm. today, like, what does she really feel like? And when she looks back at this song, what does she, you know, how does it touch her, if it touches her at all? I don't have that book yeah, of lyrics. because there, were, I couldn't find anything where she talked about the inspiration for this song. The only thing I saw from her is that she uh that kate was doing an interview and somebody asked why the sing why this song wasn't on the single file video and she just says that there was no video made for it and that's about the only thing that i can find that kate has even said about this song or at least in reference to it otherwise it's like okay you're not she hasn't talked about what inspired it, how she wrote it, or any anything else, really. And I, I, I'm with you. I wish that she would go back and at least talk a little about it. And, and say, like, oh, yeah, this is what I was thinking about at the time, or this was totally about, you know, my childhood and all of that, even singing it at such a young age and thinking about childhood. But it also, I just thought of something that I think is very integral that we haven't even touched on. Oh my gosh. I'm surprised that I didn't, I'm just thinking of this now, is the jingle, you know? Oh, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Christmas jingle she made for Capital Radio and Radio 1, yeah. I just love that. To me, that's also part of the song, and I'm surprised I forgot about it because um, that's such a lovely little. Um, that definitely is Cape Bush fairy music, as I call it, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. just ties in so much to this song for me. Um, but uh, not a lot to analyze there, except that again, it has that 
kind of minor, um, the mysterious, the fairy, fairies are singing about, you know, um, Peter, who is it, Peter? She mentions John Peel in it and uh, somebody named Peter eating their Christmas puddings and all of that. So, mm. <laughs> makes you wonder if it was a throwaway, if it was actually supposed to be part of this, sort of like the he's here, he's here, uh, man with the child in his eyes, but then she just felt like, nah, it doesn't, doesn't quite work as an intro or something, that little jingle. But boy, she could... She could whip those out, I'll tell you. She um, she definitely has the magic in when it comes to a certain type of music and uh, lyrics. So. covered everything what do you think i think so too and i really do we've touched on a lot and um, mm-hmm. i know my throat's going a little i've got water here but it's it's at that point where it started to crack and i think we're at the hour mark so yep, yep we, are, we are actually but um no thank you for letting me talk about one of my very favorite kate bush songs it's just of course i so appreciate it you're such a delight and um oh, okay. i just love you know, um, being able to to give my impressions of these songs. And yes, soon it'll be time to play this without, you know, caring what people think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think by the time this comes out, we're recording this in early October. And so this is probably going to come out in sometime in November. I think close to actually when this was released almost 38 years ago. And then we'll start. I'll be out doing Christmas shopping and I'll start hearing, oh goodness, there goes another version of Silent Night. Oh, well, it's that or that Paul McCart. What is that one? Oh, oh wonderful uh, Christmas time. Da, da, da. Yeah, <laughs> that one. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Yeah, I get to There are so many of those. Those are the ones that just, uh, and not to knock people's taste and everything. But I know. You know, it's, how much can you take? We just have to keep our ears perked because I think more and more this song, December Will Be Magic Again, people are getting to know it. They're getting, it's getting on people's radar more and more, thanks to like Starbucks and some other outlets. Um, but uh, here's hoping you do hear it one day while you're shopping and it's totally unexpected and it makes December magic for you. Indeed, very much. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about one of your favorite Kate songs. Yay! You're very welcome, Cecily. Thank you. If you have a favorite Kate Bush song or a couple songs that you would love to talk about for a future episode, or if you know an interesting fact or two about 
this week's song that we didn't get to in our discussion, here's where you can contact me. You can find me on the web at kbcast.linkmedia.com. That's link with an E. You can email me, kbcast at linkmedia.com. Again, link with an E. You can find me on Twitter at StrangeKateCast and on Facebook, facebook.com slash katebushpodcast. Join us for a discussion of the B-side from December Will Be Magic Again. We talked a little bit about it in this episode, and then I get to go further in depth with it next week with our good friend of the show, Zoe, warm and soothing. See everybody next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.